Aloha mai kako. Welcome to Insight with Intentions, a concoction of motherhood, birth work, self-healing, advocacy, and boss magic mind leaks piled into a podcast that is dripping with energy and waiting for you to indulge. This podcast serves as a much-needed library for my freight train moments that jolt me from my sleep, demanding attention and asking to be shared. When it comes to the information that my community deserves, nothing is out of bounds. Yalae. afternoon or evening or night or whatever it is for you it's been it's morning here and it's been raining very hard um, for the last few hours so um, my voice is complimentary to the weather right now (laughs) but hopefully that changes because the sun's coming out so I just kind of like rolled out of bed and I was like oh my gosh my dream last night was so um, vivid and it was all about Lilith So I'm not sure if you are familiar with Lilith, but she's a female goddess. Um, She appears in many different um, religious texts, um, imagery, mythological texts and imagery. Um, She was first uh, mentioned or written about 2000 BCE. Um, And then from there, she got um, molded to fit different um, cultures and their storytelling and stuff. So her nature remains the same, but, you know, her story shifts a little bit throughout history. But she's mentioned by the Babylonians, the Egyptians, Israelites, the Greeks, Jewish. Um, Yeah, and she's used in a lot of texts currently in the modern era. and so I had a dream about her last night. It's really interesting because I resonate with her a lot. I mean, it's interesting. Well, and I don't even know really how to explain this, but in my interpretation of her um, is how I resonate with her, if that makes sense. So I, if you don't know who Lilith is, I suggest doing a little bit of research you don't have to go crazy on it just like a quick google search will kind of give you an idea of who she is um in most texts she's referred to a demon um referred to as a demon or uh um she appears in like uh yeah she's usually the villain in a lot of the stories um which i think is interesting because she has so many characteristics that a lot of women um carry and it's usually that part of ourselves that doesn't we don't want other people to see or society has made us think that it is not a good trait or characteristic to have and so it's interesting when we're reading about her in different texts or books or things like that that she is the villain when she has so many characteristics that um resemble women today Um, But it's the part of us that we're told to not show. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting. And I wanted to share a little reading from the book The Holy Wild by Danielle Dusky. Um, Dusky and um, you may resonate resonate with it or you may not. But um, I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share. So it's a parable of Eden's lost heroine. Um, It's called Revisioning Lilith. Okay, for all her wisdom, Lilith could not understand why this precious garden... Okay, dot, dot, dot. I 
one of the stories um, of Lilith is that she's actually Adam from like Adam and Eve in the garden. She's actually Adam's first wife. Okay. So she appears in text as Adam's first wife. So a lot of people only know of Adam and Eve and that whole story. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in um, some texts, she refer- she um, is referred to as Adam's first wife. So this is a story revisioning Lilith um, from her perspective. Because usually um, when, we're, when we're reading texts, we're reading a, a story of a woman who is written that is written by a man or written by someone else looking at her and evaluating her story and you know the the events that took place from an outside perspective so this this um story is from Lilith's perspective okay so for all her wisdom Lilith could not understand why this precious garden this manicured and flawless landscape that once dazzled her with its fairy tale beauty now appeared so fake and fragile. She was sure the brilliant green grasses were painted and the flowers were paper and scentless. How had she not noticed this ruse before? She knelt at the knotted base of the tree of knowledge, the only tree in the garden that smelt of prim- primal bark, blessed bitter leaves and dirty roots, the only growing thing that she was sure was absolutely real here in this carved up land she drank in the heaty earthen scent and caressed the bark suddenly starved for untamed nature and uncultivated ground she yearned so deeply for far-reaching trees and soft-bodied creatures she was homesick for a wild place she had never even seen she knew that it existed she glimpsed she glimpsed this many-colored wilderness in her dreams but her conscious mind did not know yet the way. Each morning she woke and wept in the underworld garden, suffocating under the weight of life she never chose, and hungry for the hearty sustenance of the feminine divine. Pressing her face to the bark, Lilith whispered a prayer to a mother goddess for salvation. Bless me, mother, for I will most certainly sin against this too small life. I yearn so much for a freedom I know I deserve that my belly burns with wanting. My blood is raging under my skin, willing me forward, and yet I do not know which path to take. I dream of a blood-red road, but I know not how to find it. Mother, show me the way out. I will die if I must stay here, if I must waste more of my precious life amongst mere fabrications of what I love, if I must obey rules I did not write, spending my days conforming to someone else's notion of perfection. I am consumed by an ache I know I have no name for, and all I know is that I must leave behind this all I know is that I must leave before this sickness of desire ends me. So consumed with anguish this wild one was, so certain of her belonging to a wilderness she had never seen, <clears throat> that she failed to notice when a snake slid up her bare back and coiled around her neck. So broken she was, so blinded by a dark, demanding, relentless, that Lilith did not see the gift of the forbidden fruit when it fell to the ground. She did not see it with her eyes, but she felt it in her blood. There was a certain ecstatic electricity buzzing from beneath the apple's red skin that crooned to her like a warm maternal lullaby to a shivering orphan. The snake continued spiraling around her neck, 
and Lilith wiped her tears. This soul food was not fit for feminine consumption. She had been warned. She was breaking one of the rules of this place by simply being here. To eat from the tree of knowledge was to know too much, to commit an egregious sin against a wrathful God. But the snake's cool scales were reassuring. She did not look over her shoulder to see whether she was being watched. In that moment, she cared little for what laws had tried to contain her. She hoped quite feverently that she would be seen as she wrapped her shaking fingers around the apple. Heaven help her. She hoped so vengeful she hoped some vengeful deity was looking down as she sunk her teeth deep into pure, sweet passion. She was defiant in the face of her continued captivity. A rebel heathen who was no longer content to staying in this unholy Eden. In this moment, Lilith would risk it all, everything she knew herself to be, for just a taste of the holy wild. Yes, my serpent, serpentine sister, Lilith hissed, I beg you... Forgive the fear that I kept my lips from this righteous fruit for so long that keeps me tethered to a garden of lies out of a bone-deep resistance to loneliness. They called me evil, and I believed them. They promised salvation for my sinfulness, and I waited for redemption. All the while, the skeleton key that could unlock every vine-wrapped cage, the sharp blade that could slice through these thin-growing binds of mine, was blooming and bearing beauteous fruit. This one small meal was Lilith's instantaneous descent into the realm of soul, a particular and empowered individuality entirely her own. Every time the gritty marrow of the fruit touched her tongue, she caught a glimpse of her destiny. With every hearty swallow, she saw the rainbow shades of her liberated life. This garden hill, this too small life, was now completely colorless, devoid of fiery purpose and sensual majesty, but she had not realized this until this very moment. Never before had she clearly known the way out of this lifeless cage, and sucking the juice from the core, Lilith vowed to seek out a wilder home. She stood in her own power for the first time since she had been brought to this place, and she howled into the depths of the garden, calling any other living creature to join her in her escape. Uncoiled her scaled com companion, Uncoiling her scaled companion and looking it square in its black diamond eyes, Lilith offered the creature heartfelt gratitude and a bone-deep affirmation. Thank you. We do not belong here. Spreading her black wings, Lilith kissed the tree of knowledge before taking the ever-spiraling red road, the escape route that had been there for her all along, the homeward path back to the wild. So, I'm not sure... If that story resonated with you at all. But I think it's such a good representation of kind of the society that we live in. And we become so used to our everyday monotonous life. And the security and the predictability of it. That sometimes we're entrenched in this one foot after another kind of just going through the motions where we when we finally get that epiphany or take a time to just be and feel and realize what am I doing where am I does this feel right are the people around me are they meant to be here because we are ever changing our garden typically doesn't change but one day sometimes you wake up and you're like 
I don't fit here anymore, you know, and people are too worried to change out of fear of losing loved ones, losing um, relationships, or being misunderstood, or not fitting in, Um, but that's the biggest regret that we'll have looking back is if we don't step into our own light and be exactly who it is we were meant to be instead of playing the game with everyone else in the way that others tell us we need to play it yeah so I think it's really important that when we're doing things that we're doing it because we want to do that not because we were told to do that When we're wearing things, we're wearing it because that's what makes us feel good. That's what makes us happy. Not because somebody else said that that looked good or this was the trend or, you know, wearing this or that, you know, is not okay. Um, The music you listen to, the people that you surround yourself with, the, the, the job that you take or the passion or the, you know, whatever dreams it is that you're following. Do them because that's what you want to do and don't not do them. Because other people told you not to. If that is what you want to do and that's what makes you happy, you need to do that. Because if we're continuously following the rules of other people, we never get to really experience who we are and the world is missing out if we keep that person caged. Because you don't know. Everyone's so worried about me or I or they're seeing it from their perspective. Like, are people gonna like me is you know how is it gonna feel when I um do step into that like that my truest self and we have to think about it from another person's perspective in the sense that if you don't really truly step up and be seen for who you really are can you imagine the people that could have learned from you or that could have been changed by you or that could have been inspired by you if you never came out of that cage yeah so we have to think about how many lives even if it's one two three ten a hundred a thousand people's lives if you don't actually just step into that light that is you and really live and embody what makes you happy and what makes you feel good and tell your story then many many people out there who are going through the same thing that you are won't won't have a path carved out for them you know they won't get to see somebody else living their own truth and you'll be you'll be sad you know deep down because you didn't do it and they'll still be sad or trapped in this cage right so you have to you know if you're somebody who just really wants to be a mover and a shaker and a a world changer on a large scale it starts with you yeah the change starts within you and really just being present and figuring out what it is you need how do you feel what do you want and not being afraid to ask for what you want. And then live the life that you want that makes you happy. And create the space that makes you happy. And don't worry about what other people think. Because there's going to be plenty of people in the world that are inspired by you and what you're doing. And that is your community. So when I dream, I don't always remember all the details Um, But this one, I definitely woke up this morning knowing what I dreamt about and definitely the feeling that it gave me. So I really wanted to share that story um, because I think it's really important for people to hear. And I have so many women in my circle 
um, that are either they've got the whiff, they've, they smell the red road, they know that it's out there and they just need to figure out where the entrance to this path is, right? They need to, to get on it and just keep trucking and to find their, you know, to hack their way through the bushes to make their own path. So I'm really um, excited to share this and I hope that it resonates with you. And if you're like, yes, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for somebody to say that to me, to give me the permission to be able to just do what it is I want to do and feel the way I want to feel and be who I need to be. Um, then I'm so excited for you and I'm so happy that you heard this podcast. If you were kind of confronted by it and you're like, oh, wow, that's a little intense, Malia. Um, then it's okay because you're, you're, you're not there yet. And if it's okay that even if you, you don't get there for a long time, but I really, really want you to know that I'm here for you. And if that time comes where you're like, yeah, I think my garden's getting a little bit too small for me, you know, and you want to figure out exactly who it is you are I am right over here ready to help you with that so I wanted to also just make some comparisons because we're talking about one goddess right now Lilith and I keep calling her goddess because everybody else wants to call her a demoness and that is the part that kind of frustrates me is that we're taking these women in these stories and they have the most energy and power and they have such wonderful characteristics and you know, to look at, because as women today, we're not perfect, right? We're not just patient and loving and kind and compassionate. Like we have fear and we have anger and we have all the other um, emotions and characteristics that make us human, right? So when we're only putting these women as heroes in these stories, in all of these historical texts that are just rule abiding, you know, sweet people like people pleasing people what does that teach us and our and our children and our next generation that they're supposed to just listen to everything that they're ever told I'm I don't know about you but I'm not cool with that so when I think about Inanna and Persephone and Lilith and Lolita and um, Salome and our own Pele like when I think about our Hawaiian goddesses and how they've been created as you know they've been put into these stories as the villains because of or the villains or the victims or you know the they're not the the heroes in these stories you know they're like one of those like accent characters right but they have we can learn so much from them and so to call them demons or to always look at them as villains or victims like what does that make us as women right how is the world telling us that we should look at ourselves as a victim as the villain so I don't, I'm not down with that, (laughs) as you can tell, and um, I'm all about, like, embodying all the parts of you that make you you, not just the parts of you that other people want you to be, and so this is literally a call to action for all of those who felt any kind of stirring in their gut um, to look around them and make change, to just, like, come step out into the light and live embodied and breathe their own breath and live in the present and to feel good doing that I I'm actually going to be launching a training soon that's kind of um centered around this idea 
of stepping into our own um, power and stuff. And so I'm, um, I thought it was interesting that I, I use the word interesting so much. I'm sorry. When I think about it, like, oh, must be like, okay, she said it again. <laughs> Just keep counting it and you guys can DM me like, hey, you know what? You said it like 12 times in this episode. Um, but yeah, so when I think about how I, I dreamt about Lilith, um, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm definitely on the right track of launching this, this workshop. So I hope, um, so I'm actually going to post about it today because yeah, all the stars are like aligning. So I'm so happy that you dropped by to listen to this podcast and I'm hoping that it resonated with you in some way. And if you're confronted, then good. I'm just here to put up the mirror, like I said, so you can see your own reflection. Um, and if you, you know, if it ignited a fire in your belly, then hit me up and let's let's see what we can do you know I'm here to support you on this journey because not everybody um is ready for you to step out of your your garden you know other people want like you there you know they like people who like you having boundaries are usually the ones that are benefiting from you having boundaries so let's get rid of that yeah so if you guys um want to reach out feel free at intentions um at intentions underscore Maui on Instagram. Um, yeah, my name is Malia. And thank you for listening to this whole thing. I think it was my longest podcast. But I'm sorry, you can tell the passion, the fire is coming out of my ears. <laughs> okay, love you guys. Bye.